Well, how many of you like to fish? Got folks that like to fish. I think for every fisherman, right, you've got a bucket list that it could include, boy, I, I want to catch a large marlin in the open ocean. For some of you, I, I want to fly fish in an isolated mountain stream. That's what it would be. But I think in all of you fishermen, if it's on your bucket list, you have a bucket list that includes more than just fishing. You want to actually catch something while you're out there. Here's a quick little video of a gal in Lake Kentucky who caught the largest catfish ever caught their 88 pounds. Here is her bucket list moment. Oh my God. Oh my God. Help me out here, quick. Oh my God. He won't even fit the friggin' net. <laughs> yes. What a fish. He's two times bigger than that 82 pounder. He's bigger than He's that 82. I'm never in my life seen a fish this big. <laughs> Where's he from? Damn. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a bucket list day. She throws the fish in and says, I'm hoping my grandkids will catch it a little bit later. But as amazing as that moment was, that compares nothing to the greatest bucket list fishing experience that ever happened. It happened to a man named Simon Peter whose catch was so amazing, it would be shared for generations, the story of the event. His catch was so large, it not only almost capsized his own boat, but there were so many fish, it literally almost sunk the second boat that was with it. So it's this amazing story that didn't even have to be exaggerated because Simon Peter's catch was literally this big. But this amazing moment was almost missed. He almost failed to experience it because he was so busy washing his nets. Friends, today the, the challenge for us, whether you're here or watching online, here's the challenge I want to give to you today. The challenge is, is that we stop washing our nets and we get into the boat and we start fishing. And that's where we're going to go today. So if you've got your Bibles, go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5. If you've got your phones, you can fire them up and go to lexcity.info, all the sermon notes and everything's there that you can follow along. And while you're turning to Luke chapter 5, let me take just a moment to uh, do a little commercial invite for you. Uh, I'm going to be doing a class starting in October. It's eight weeks from October up to Thanksgiving entitled Momentum. And I've just entitled it for, for leaders and influencers and really believers who want to add some momentum to your life. And over these eight weeks, we're going to look at three, three things. First little section we're going to do with this idea of just embracing the authentic self. Biggest challenge I see with leaders is self-awareness, just who God has uniquely created you to be and how that impacts your influence in different ways. So we're going to spend a little time there. Second part, we're going to deal a little bit on the area of just leadership. More than just, we hear so many, you've heard a thousand different leadership talks on influence and all of this. But we're going to talk about what does it really mean to be a servant leader? How does the example of Jesus model for us what it really means to have influence in terms of servant leadership? And in the third part of the, that series, we're going to deal with, again, finding, identifying our spiritual gifts and finding out how I use these gifts in my community and how I use them in my church and areas of evangelism and just how God has wired you. So anyways, that's Momentum Class. You can find it there on LexCity.info. Would love to have you join me uh, for that. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says this. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there and were washing their nets. 
And stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Verse five, master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night and didn't catch anything, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And I love this section, but I don't know about you, whenever I read sections of scripture, I, I love to pay attention to some of the details and some of the details that seem insignificant. But what I have found over time is the digger that, deeper that you dig in the word of God, it's sometimes in those insignificant details that the greatest lessons are taught. And such it is today with our fisherman's bucket list tale. Go to verse two again. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. The fishermen had left them there and were washing their nets. And when I read there, a couple of details that stick out to me was, was again, why are they washing their nets? Uh, why does Jesus mention that there were, there were two empty boats that were sitting there? I think he says, gives us the details of the two empty boats because it gives us a little indication of what kind of fishing Simon Peter was doing. It's called dragnet fishing, right? The top of the net will be spread out between two boats. The bottom of it will have some weights that it will basically drag from the deep into the shallows. And once they're in the shallows, then they'll be able to gather all the, sh the, the fish that are there and sort them and take care of that. So probably why we have two boats, why we're cleaning the nets. And well, typically if your nets are full of lots of fish and you've dragged them into the shallows to begin to sort them, well, that amount of fish is just gonna create a lot of fish I don't know, fish junk, fish stuff that's going to be stuck in the nets that are there. It's dragging. So in the context of the Sea of Galilee, you've picked up debris as you're coming into the shore. You've got a sword and there's fish that are caught in the net that are too small that you don't want. You've got to get rid of. There's just things that you need to do. And so the context of cleaning your, no, your nets happens that way, right? You, you fish at night when the fish are active. And then during the day, you clean your nets. It's just a cycle. Rinse, repeat. That's what you do. But an interesting little detail is found. Look, look up here on the screen on, on verse 5. We're reminded this that happened. In verse 5, it, it says this. Master, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. So here's the point. If you're washing your nets because it's full of fish stuff, but in that night you didn't catch any fish, then there's really no fish stuff in your nets. In fact, literally, at night, we were putting our nets in the deep part of the Sea of Galilee, and now this morning, we're rinsing off the deep water with the same water in the, in the, from the Sea of Galilee in the morning because there was nothing there. You get the idea of what's happening here when you think about it? And it tells us maybe a little bit about the mindset of Simon Peter. If I can speculate a little bit with you this morning, the reality, it tells us what's happening probably in Simon Peter's life, right? He, he's, in a, he's in a rut. He's in a routine. You fish at night. You wash in the morning. He, his life is, is a little bit on, on autopilot, right? Fish at night, wash during the day, cruise control. And the challenge is, isn't it, because we fall into the same thing. The challenge for us, at times when we're in a rut, at, at times when life is unsettled, at times when fear grips our heart, at, at times when we're just in despair and, and depressed on different things, when we fall into those moments, if we're not careful... We always tend to default towards what is comfortable, what is convenient, and what is safe. In those moments, when we're in those negative cycles, right, we, we lose all sense of critical thinking. We just follow. 
We, we, uh, at those moments, we, we lose perspective. Our passion begins to fade. Our, our vision narrows to what is micro rather than what is macro. And in those moments, we simply just default to washing our nets, even though there were never any fish in the nets. This is where we find Simon Peter at this moment. And I want to just encourage you today as we begin to remind you this important truth, listen, that God has a bigger vision for your life than simply washing nets. God had a bigger vision for Simon Peter's life than Simon Peter even thought of himself in this moment. And God says something I have greater for you. But that journey, that journey of significance is going to begin, what, with just a single step. Again, it was a quote I shared earlier, but so profound. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So what's the step for Simon Peter? Go to verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, here it is, now go out. Where it's deeper and let your nets down and catch the fish. What was the call? The first step is, listen, I need you to go out. I need you to, to step out. I need you to, to leave the shore, grab those sparkling clean nets. They're amazing. And get them in the boat. But I need you to take that step as we go. And you know this to be true in your own life. That the first step is always the hardest step. And, and why is that first step so hard? Because the first step always reveals your fears. Right? It's your fears that keep you from taking that step. I shared a couple weeks, we did our skydiving. Next Sunday, there'll be 30 of us that'll go. And for those of you that'll get that experience, you'll get on the edge of that plane. And when that door is open and when that wind is flying by, that first step is the hardest. step. The second step was really easy. You just fall to your death. But the first step was the hardest one that was there. But why? Because in that moment, it reveals all of your fears. Today, I want to take just a moment, and I want to share with you four fears that I think keeps you on the shores. Four fears that keep us washing nets with our lives rather than stepping out into the boat and doing the things that God has called us. Let me give you the four real quick, and then we'll take some time. Fear of failure, right? It's the fear of loss of control. It's the fear of what others will think. And it's just the fear of laziness. Let me give you the first one. It's the fear of failure. Here's Simon Peter He's already had a tough night. He's been out fishing all night and caught nothing, the Bible says. He's already experienced failure. This is front in his mind as he thinks. A colossal failure, a fisherman out all night with his team, got nothing as he came. Now, one night of no fishing, that's just bad luck. You fishermen, you know what this is. You just, some days you're going to have bad days. Two days, right? This is colossal failure. We've got major problems. So in the context of that, listen, it's safer just to stay on the banks and wash some nets. See, for some of you, you live your life, or can I say you don't live your life because of the fear of failure. It, it's the front thing in your mind all the time. It's whenever decisions come and whenever challenges come, the first thing that rolls to your mind is what if, right? What if this? What if I go out again and I get no fish the second time? What if I didn't do this? What if I didn't do that? And all of a sudden, these, these thoughts of one if begin to keep you on the shore and keep you stuck. I was thinking about this this week and thinking about our time together, and my mind raced back to, to probably around five years ago when Tammy and I were, were coming uh, here uh, to see if this is where God would have us in this next season of ministry. And between services, we were sitting right out in the patio area there on those little steel chairs and uh, processing this big question, you know, God, is this what you would have us to be and do over these next 
season of our life of ministry. And as we sat out there, and maybe you can relate to this, I had these mixed feelings of excitement and fear all pulsing through your veins. It feels about at the same intensity both ways. And in that fear, there began to have these things that questions of, of just what if, right? I don't know. We don't know anybody here. Don't know anything about this. What if, what if these kind of things? And, and fear of failure, right? begin to rise up. And I'm looking at the circumstances and some of the things, and I'm looking, I'm thinking logically, there's a greater chance to fail than succeed here. And these begin to rise up. And in that moment, right, the thing that would keep you from making a decision that keeps you on the shore, I'm so grateful that a small, calm, little steady voice of the Lord just kind of pushes through that all and just says, listen, I got you. You're going to be okay. I'm real blessed to have a a fearless, faithful wife who's just like, you can do this. You're going to be all right. You know, breathe. <laughs> and uh, you'll make it through these things. And in that moment, what a difference it made where God just says, you're going to be okay. Don't, don't fear the what ifs. There's a thousand what ifs. That was Simon Peter, potentially, in this moment, experiencing that fear from stepping out in faith because what if, what could happen? A full night with no fish, I can't do it again. Would he be willing to risk, right, failure, to get back in the boat? Would he go to the deep end and throw the nets again and try all over again? Fear of failure, but that, that's not the only fear, I think, that was probably going in his heart. Think about a fear of loss of control, and I love that the Scripture puts this in here for us. Go back to verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, Jesus, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. Can you imagine, if you're Simon Peter, what's going through your mind at this point when Jesus says, listen, I need you to get in the boat and I need you to, uh, to get out to the middle of the deep area right here in the middle of the day. I mean, can you imagine Simon Peter? I, I'm sure he wasn't this way, but if it was me, it'd be like, <laughs> okay, Jesus, you're a preacher and a healer. Uh, I'm a professional fisherman. Uh, let me just tell you a few things about how this works. Jesus, you just got done preaching to a big group. I didn't tell you how to preach. Maybe you ought to stay in your lane. I mean, because if I told you, I probably would have told you, listen, your points were not alliterated. I'm not going to point this out. And your stories, I'm confused. We got a mountain and we got some seeds and I need some mustard. I, I'm more confused than when I started. But listen, Jesus, look, you're the preacher. I'm the fisherman. You do your thing. And now the preacher is telling the fisherman to get into his own boat and he's going to tell him where he's supposed to fish, and he's going to tell him when he's supposed to fish, and he's going to tell him how he's supposed to fish. Now, if you're a fisherman, you know what Jesus is asking him to do makes zero sense, right? You never fish in the middle of the day, in the middle of the lake, because in the heat, what happens? Where do the fish go? The fish go down deep. You never go into the deep water because it's a dragnet. The dragnet only has a depth of this amount, and the fish are going to be lower than this level because they want to stay in the cool. And it's the middle of the day. They're not feeding. This is a complete waste of time. Jesus, if you only knew what I knew, uh, it would be okay. Uh, but you're kind of missing it. Stay in your lane. Have you ever had those moments in those areas of your life where, where it's hard to give God control of your area of your life? because it's an area where you have a great passion or you think you're an expert in. And you're kind of like, Lord, can I create, let's just, you stay in your lane, I'll do the fishing, right? God, I, I know about budgets. I've got a budget sheet that's on an Excel spreadsheet. And when I look at this, and you talk about the concept of tithe that doesn't fit within my budget, why don't you just stay in your lane? I'll handle my finances, right? 
God, these are my kids. I mean, I birthed them. I love them more than you. I know what's best for them. I know what their future should be. Why don't you just stay there a little bit in your own lane? Lord, I built this business. Out of my hard work and my risk-taking and my passions and my giftedness, I've built this. I know how to run a profitable business. Why don't you just stay in your lane? God, I'll give you the church stuff. Uh, You can have my health. But in the rest of it, listen, this is mine, and you take care of those areas. (laughs) And we begin to grip tightly these things in our life, right? One of the hardest things to fulfilling your bucket list And what God has for you in your life is the willingness to give up control, especially of the things that you think you know best in. I was thinking back over a time and, uh, you know, that five years ago moment and we're figuring out, God, what is it that you want us to do with our lives? And I go back to college. And in college, I had a plan for my life and I had a trajectory, and I know where it was going. And listen, none of it concluded, included being a pastor and none of it concluded coming to Kentucky. I didn't even know either of these two things existed, but I had a plan and I was on track and I knew where it was going to end up and I knew why I wanted to end up those things and then all of a sudden you may have had these moments, you hear that still small voice in your heart and soul saying, Brian, uh, you're getting in the wrong boat. Oh, but God, this is the boat I'm on. I've already paid for these classes. This is where I'm going. And God's saying, no, no, I, I need you to get into my boat, which is over there. I need you to take one small step of a correction. And I'll tell you, in my life, that one small step of correction, of changing boats to another boat, changed the trajectory of my life. And I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful, but it wasn't in my plans and it didn't fit the five-year goal and it certainly wasn't what I was thinking I would do with my life. And you've had those kind of moments. So the question for you is this, what are you gripping in your life so tightly where God's telling you, I need you to go to a different place at a different time and I need you to fish in a different way, are you willing to loosen your grip? Where in your spiritual life are you rationalizing and justifying before God? See, that always tells me what I'm gripping too tightly. Whenever I have to have those conversations with God and I'm trying to rationalize it and justify it, God, we can't go in the middle of the day. Nobody fishes in the middle of the day. God, in the deep, I don't have nets that are long enough. God, we can't, you know, where are you gripping so tight? God, it's the wrong time and the wrong place. Maybe we'll do it just a little bit later. I'm gonna just stay on the banks because I've got some nets that I need to clean, even though they don't have any fish in them. Third one, third fear, is fear of what others will think. Now think about the context of Luke chapter five. Jesus has just finished preaching to a large crowd. When he's finished preaching, the crowd has not dissipated. There's, I, I've been to the Sea of Galilee. There's nowhere to go. They're just lingering. There's no football game to watch. They're just hanging out. And they all have heard Jesus say to Simon Peter, I need you to get into the boat as we go. Now the optics, as we think about the fear of what others think, the optics of what are happening in this moment are not really great for Simon Peter. I got a preacher telling a professional fisherman to get into his own boat and to go out into the middle of the water. I mean, none of this looks really good. And I can imagine Peter's concern. There's a whole crowd here watching, paying attention. This looks like amateur hour. Rookie boy, getting in the boat, getting told by the preacher, we're going out to the middle of the sea, you know, and away we go. I mean, this is the wrong time and wrong place. Lord, I'm gonna be the laughing stock of the water hole tonight. Followed the preacher, got into the boat, didn't know what he was doing, but away we went, right? 
The haters are already hating. They're texting and posting. Look at this guy going out with preacher boy in the middle of the day. I mean, you can just see all the things that were running through his head at that moment. I'm just going to stay on the bank. I, I don't want Everybody loves a net washer, right? I'm just going to stay on the bank. Nobody's going to criticize that. It's no big deal. It's just a whole lot easier. The fear of what other people think. As I think about those four, for me in my life, this is, the, this is the biggest fear for me, right? So if you're green, if you're a people pleaser, right? This is always the greatest challenge of life at times. I worry at an unhealthy level about what everybody else thinks at different times and different things. So five years ago, right, take it back to this moment, we're sitting out here feeling the Lord's calling you to get into the boat and the fear of what others will think, right? It's disappointment. Ooh, Lord, if I leave, I'm gonna disappoint a lot of people who were at my previous church. Ooh, Lord, if I come to a new church, not everybody's gonna like me and some are gonna leave just because I came. So this is like double disappointment world. You know what I'm saying? You're like, ah, I think I'm just gonna wash some nets. This is a lot easier. And in those moments, right, the truth of God's word and the truth of who God is whispers into your heart and soul. Brian, are you more worried about disappointing me or disappointing people? See, if you worry about disappointing me, then everything else will take care of itself. Is that thing on your list, that bucket list, is your fear of disappointing others the thing that's keeping you from moving forward? See, if you wait for everybody to be happy, you'll never leave the shore. Everybody loves a net washer. But God called you and God called me to be something more than a net washer. He called us to be fisher of men. And the only way we're gonna be fishers of men is if we have the courage to step out into the boat. So in your life, are you more worried about disappointing God or disappointing people? Let's go on to the fourth one, all right? Fourth one is, is simply this. I didn't know how to title it, but it's simply this. It's the fear of laziness, right? The fear of laziness is we think towards our bucket list, things we wanna accomplish. Now let's just be honest with one another. If we're honest with one another, some of you haven't achieved your bucket list simply because you haven't been willing to put in the work, right? It's not a talent issue. It's not a time issue. It's not a treasure issue. It's just an effort issue. You've wanted to read through the Bible in a year and you've started six times and you've never gotten out of the Old Testament, right? You got a gym pass that you use, a gym membership that you use about as much as you use your library membership, right? These contexts are here, all right? You got a child who you know in this season needs your time and needs your investment and you're just inconvenienced and you're too busy to put the work in that you need to do. See, things that matter, right? Things that have significance take work. They take effort. They take grit. <laughs> this afternoon fishing trip with Jesus is going to mean to Simon Peter, he's got to clean the nets not just once, but he's going to have to clean them twice. I don't know if I want to do that much work. I just got done doing it. I'm gonna have to do it all over again. See, the, the first step you take is the hardest, but that first step, when you take that first step, you've gotta be willing to take multiple hard steps after that first step, right? The first step exposes your fear, but you know if you've done anything significant in the kingdom of God, it's that second step, the third step, it's that dying to self daily, it's being willing to give your life to something greater of yourself that takes the work and it takes the effort. And sometimes... It's our own laziness that keeps us on the shore. 
ministry. It wasn't where I thought, wasn't what I was planning, didn't think that was in my life direction. Listen, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it's the greatest joy. It's the most meaningful thing I've ever given my life towards. But the effort and the work gets greater and greater all the time. And so it is with you. Four fears, four fears that keep us washing our nets when we should be fishing. What I love about Simon Peter is he took these four fears and he overcame them and he became a man of action and he became a man of great influence. Look at chapter, verse five. It says, Master, Simon Peter replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the, in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and were on the verge of sinking. And I love this. Simon Peter's obedience in that moment to trust God, follow God, to lead out in courage, listen, that single step created for him the greatest fisherman's bucket list event in human history. When Simon Peter overcame his fear and took that first step into the boat, listen, God fulfilled not only his desires to some level, he exceeded them with greater joy and significance and meaning than he could have ever imagined at that moment. In fact, the blessing of God in that moment was so great and exceeded not only what Simon could take in his own boat, what it says the second boat came out and James and John, the, the sons of Zebedee, came over and their boat was filled with so many fish it began to overflow, nearly sinking them. The reminder for you and I is this, listen, when we fulfill and we walk in the goodness of what God has for our lives and the blessings that come into our life, the great part we need to always be reminded, listen, you have been blessed to be a blessing to others. This moment of obedience from Simon Peter not only blessed his life, but it blessed the life of everybody in that little fishing village in that moment. When you live the best version of yourself, people around you are blessed and edified and encouraged and inspired and led to Jesus. Verse eight, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me for I am such a sinful man for he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, here's the key, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they had landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. And the beauty and the power of the amazing story of Simon Peter is that moment of faith, that moment of stepping out into the boat. It led him to something greater even than the Sea of Galilee. This is Simon Peter who was chosen by God to be one of the 12. It's Peter who, who walks on water. This is Peter who was at Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. This is Simon Peter, a journey it was never the journey that he thought he was going to have, but it was the journey of a lifetime. A journey of impact and a journey of influence. Friends, your journey awaits you, but it begins with a single step. Your faith journey and your relationship with God begins with a, a, a simple but significant single step towards God, an acknowledgement of, of God, I need you in my life, an acknowledgement of, look, I, I can't do this all on my own. For some of you today, that's really where you find yourself, right? You're here at church or you're watching online and you hear the songs and you've heard the stories 
And you know in your life there's something missing. You're not sure exactly what that is, but there's an emptiness. There's a sense you know in your own life, I, I, <laughs> I'm sitting on the shore and I'm missing life. I'm missing what truly matters. I wanna remind you that that single step of faith begins with just that acceptance of your need for Jesus in your life, the acknowledgement of your sins. It, it begins with the belief of your need for Christ and that Jesus is who he says that he is and that he did what he said that he would do. And the Bible says it's, it's a confession of our hearts and our minds that God, I need you in my life. And so today, just in this moment, before we move on, I wanna just take a moment in the stillness of this moment. If you would, just bow your heads where you are today. If you're online, just take a moment. And my question for you today is this, have you experienced or have you taken that step of faith and if you haven't would you like to today I'm going to lead you in a prayer it's not a the words I share aren't, aren't the power the power is the attitude of your heart but it's simply a prayer that just acknowledges to God God I, I need to step out in faith and get into the boat of a relationship with you and if that's you today just say these words back to the Lord dear Heavenly Father God I realize that I'm a sinner and I realize that my sin has separated me from you. But God, I thank you that you loved me enough that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. So Father, today I'm faithing, placing my faith and my trust in you alone for the forgiveness of my sins and for that free gift of eternal life. God, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Just as you have your heads bowed in this moment today, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'd love just to pray for you this week and celebrate that with you. And if you did, would you mind just a way that I can just remember that? It's just to put your hand up and put it down that I might just see and just remember that today. Amen. If you're there online watching and you made that decision, I encourage you just in the comment section, just say, today I prayed. If you did that, well, if you go to lexcity.info, there's a place you can just mark that says, I prayed to kind of help you take your next step in your spiritual journey. God, we thank you for that in your name. Amen. You know, for many of us, we, we've taken that step of faith in our, in our relationship with God. We've taken that step of, of obedience and asking Christ into our life. But the goal of this series really has been, when we designed it months ago, not knowing <laughs> where we would be in the context of our country, where we'd be in this whole COVID thing and all the craziness that is around, but we really designed it to help us to, to live in victory, right? To, to live in a joy and, and to not be driven by fear and anxiety. To be reminded in our lives that we are created for something more than just washing nets. To dream to live in the joy of what it means to be a follower of Christ. So this morning, as we close out our time, we're just gonna close in just a few moments here in a song. And I, I wanna just give you a few moments to just listen to the Lord, whatever he's telling you. But you ask the Lord, God, what are the fears in my life that are keeping me washing nets when you have something greater? And as we sing, we just wanna invite you Right in your seats, take some time with the Lord. Our altars are gonna be open. You're welcome to come down and pray here. As we start singing, our prayer team is gonna be just right over here. And if you'd like somebody just to pray with you and encourage you along those things. But the reality is this.
the encouragement, right? You, you are created for something greater than simply washing nets. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you in my own life that I today get to stand here and experience the blessing of being a part of this family. Because five years ago, you, in a still small voice, said, get into my boat. Put your fears aside and just trust. God, today I know there are some this morning that that fear of failure, that that fear of just the, the what ifs have just immobilized them. It's stolen their, it's stolen their joy, it's stolen their passion, they're, they're wrecked with just anxiety and worry. And God, today, may they just leave it on the shore. God, for some, there are just decisions that they are more concerned with just what everybody's gonna think about it and who they're gonna disappoint and how it's gonna be received. And God, can we be reminded that as men and women of influence and impact and significance, we answer to an audience of one. And so may our first thought be of you. So Lord, during these moments, may your spirit speak loudly to us. May we respond. May for some of us, may we drop the nets and get into the boat for your glory. In your name we pray, amen.